0: Pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny.
1: Welcome to Gun Funny episode 194. Today I'm going to chat with Keith Beam from Walker's, discuss the ATF's proposed rulemaking change on firearm definitions and homemade firearms, highlight a possible new carbine from Glock, and talk about a new kind of alcohol that might make you glow. I am your host, Ava Flanell. Keith, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing wonderful. I am doing wonderful.
1: Good. It's crazy to think that I've recorded 194 episodes and I keep thinking, all right, what am I going to do for the big two zero zero? And I don't really have an idea. I don't know. For the hundredth episode, I have a bunch of my returning guests on. I don't know if I'm going to do that for the 200th episode.
2: I think what's going to happen here is You're going to get to talk to me, and and as nutty as I am, you're going to discover there's probably more tangents you can go down that you'll easily fill that 200.
1: No, right. (laughs) No kidding. You'll just be my guest for the next six episodes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We got lots of things to
1: discuss. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Before we get into it, I have to talk about Smith & Wesson real quick. I'm not usually one for wheel guns, but Smith & Wesson posted a pretty epic looking one on their social media the other day. Picture a Roland Special, but in a wheel gun. The model 327 TRR8. It's an eight shot, 357, super lightweight since it has a scandium frame, but it also has a picotinning rail in the bottom of the barrel and on top for the lights and an optic. I've talked about space guns, but this one definitely kind of looks like that space cowboy gun. It's also from the Performance Center, so the action and the trigger tuned as well. Definitely kind of catches your eye, especially with a more modern look for a revolver. Check that out and a ton of other amazing guns at smith-wesson.com.
0: Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry.
1: Before we talk about walkers, tell me a little bit about yourself and what got you into this industry.
2: All right. Actually, what got me into the industry was my love and passion for chasing turkeys with archery equipment. I was a traditional archer at that time, and I was always trying to hide behind trees and I wanted to build a blind, and I struggled, and I did the spring steel blinds that are out there today. I did those back in 1990, and lo and behold, when I was working at W.W. Granger, I was in Fort Collins, Colorado, managing that branch there. I ran into a gentleman who had a patent on a hub system, and I was getting ready to launch a company called Double Bull Archery. And it was dart targets for archery. So you could play cricket in 301 with your recurves. And my business partner, Bruce Johnson and I, he was from Minnesota. He worked with me at Granger. We had had all these targets printed and we were getting ready to just, you know, spread the, spread the news that you can now pin one of these up and play 301 and cricket with traditional equipment. And it'd be, you know, just kind of a fun way of doing it. Well, when I ran into this gentleman that had the hub, I'll make it a long story short. I bought the patent rights off of him, Brooks, and I did. And we formed a company, it was called Double Bowl Archery. and We were the first hub style, those tents, those hunting blinds you see that have a hub in the roof and the four walls. And there's hundreds and hundreds, there's millions of them out there now. I was the founder of all of that. And that was back in 1993. So I brought commercial ground blinds to the hunting industry. There was two other ground blind companies that were out there and they were very regional So we timed it perfectly. Not only did we have this super cool apparatus that took six seconds to set up with no extra parts. You didn't have to worry about placing anything together. It also led itself to being like the fastest growth company I've ever could have imagined. So we both ended up leaving W.W. Granger and took on double bull archery, full blast. Uh, We both left our jobs in 1995. So in 1985 we had double bull archery. In 2007, I sold the company to Primos Hunting Calls. I stayed with Primos Hunting Calls till 2015, where I launched a kids' book line called Drake's Adventures. It's an interactive sound book series of two little bull hunts. A uh, little boy was with his dad, and I had the third one in queue. But I designed a couple broadheads, and I was introduced to new archery products. And I went on board full-time with them, and then GSM acquired new archery products. So in the umbrella of GSM is Walkers. And Bob Walker and Eddie Castro were great friends. And Eddie took over Walkers quite a while ago and has built it into what it is today. That's my world in this industry is I I formed the first hunting wine company.
1: Wow, that's really impressive. Going back, you said you designed broadheads?
2: Yes. What is yeah, that? The, that's the thing that goes on the end of your era. That's the sharp instrument that's on the front of the stick Uh-oh. that ends all life. Yeah, there's millions of different broadheads out there, but I came up with a couple new patented ideas and new archery products went over there. And rather than just selling them the idea and doing royalties, I went to a work for them. Yeah. And that's their GSM. They acquired us in 2017. So I've been with GSM four years now.
1: Wow, that's really impressive. And then also the children's books, that's also really cool because the only other... Well, actually, no, I know a few people now that have written children's books that are around hunting and guns and stuff like that. Are those books still available?
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. If you go on to Amazon.com, it's uh, Drake's Adventures, it's apostrophe S. Uh, there's Spring Thunder which is a, basically a true story of me taking my four-year-old and you'll see the picture on the inside of the cover. We go on a turkey hunt and I took him to South Dakota and being four years old, he was the perfect height to be standing right in my ear as I'm sitting on a low chair in a hunting uh. line drawing on a turkey. And so when I completed that, I, I got to thinking, well, you know, he's reading Pixar, he's reading Disney, you know, Monsters Inc. and and Cars, these, these anti-hunting groups or these you know, different people from my views, I should say. And I'm reading them these sound books, and I, I got to think, well, why can't I do a sound book with all the actual real sounds of a real hunt and what Blake experienced? My son's name's Blake. That's what got the Spring Thunder started. Same year, October of 2014, I took him with me on Halloween down to my farm in Missouri. And we had got pictures of this buck. It was the biggest buck on our farm. He always had his picture taken behind this big fox spider, spider web. And it was really cool because there was this giant spider web and here's this massive buck. Wow. And I took him down there and on Halloween, with him standing right next to me in my ear, I arrowed spider, the the buck we called spider. So it was really kind of a neat experience. So both of those books are based on, uh, really on true stories. Mm -hmm. And then the third book, which never made it to fruition, you know, I put these out in hardbacks when everything should be downloadable. So it kind of, the company kind of stagnated. We've got some, got some momentum going again with it. But the third book still has not reached press yet, but it is the introduction of his little sister, Cricket, and they are going duck hunting on grandpa's pond. So I'm looking for somebody to help me get this thing and do it in an interactive form, but mm-hmm. do it in a downloadable form.
3: So
1: Nice. I like that. Okay, let's talk about GSM. When yes. were they founded?
2: Uh, 16, 17 years ago.
1: Okay. And then Walkers. For those who aren't familiar with Walkers, which I'm sure people are familiar, they're pretty much everywhere, but one thing that I notice is people don't always pay attention to the brand of stuff that they're using, but what does Walker specialize in?
2: Walkers is probably the preeminent amplification suppression noise protection hearing company that's out there you know it used to be walker's game or bob walker's game here and you had this little foam thing with a tube and he was uh, you know an audio kind of engineer that knew that he could amplify he could help you know people that were hard of hearing hear better mm-hmm. and uh, throughout the years sound activated compression is one of our patented features that we have which is nanoseconds. So when a sound, so you and I are talking just like we're doing right now, we can do this at the range, wearing our earmuffs, we can hear everything perfectly, we can whisper to each other. You know, we can turn that volume up, up to five, six, seven times what, you know, the ambient noise really is. But then when there is a loud bang, the uh, sound activated compression shuts down the damaging part of that sound it doesn't shut it all the way off like this. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're having a conversation, it brings it down to a point where your hearing is protected. But it does it so fast that if you're at a trap range or something like that, and maybe you're having a conversation with me or walking behind people shooting, you know, skeet or trap, we can have this conversation, still hear each other talk, but all the loud stuff is suppressed instantly.
1: Nice. And I like that because, especially as an instructor, when your students are using actual earmuffs and they're not electronic and you're trying to explain certain things and you have to talk extremely loud and you're still not even sure if they understand or if they hear everything that you're saying, the electronic ones just make it so much easier.
2: It does, especially for a range commander like yourself. Yeah. It's the only way to go to have everybody, you know, and they're not expensive, to have everybody hearing you And safety reasons too, hearing exactly every command that you give, Mm -hmm. you know, from from all clear to just whispering instructions, you know, and it's it's one of those things that's just beneficial. You and I, as we talked earlier, one of the greatest things about a great set of electronic earmuffs that not only allow you to hear ambient, but help amplify, but then shut down is when you're teaching new people to shoot, because you and I talked about it, that, you know, when I grew up, I, you know, I'm born at 65, so when I started shooting at six, seven years old, you not only had the recoil of the gun, but you had the sound of the gun. So it took a lot of rounds and a lot of shotgun shells before you got to the point where your eyes were open and you didn't care anymore. And now as I teach my kids and teach other people to get into the shooting world, it's very advantageous so that they don't hear that loud bang.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: they're not frightened by the sound sure their shoulder gets a little bit of a jar, you know, or they get a little bit of that recoil or feel the power of the gun, but it's not that dual, you know, recoil and loud explosion all going off in their head at once.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Even when I take students to the range, I tell them it's mandatory that they wear earmuffs as opposed to just the disposable ones just for that reason. Especially as a new shooter, they're usually kind of timid because obviously it's a foreign object to them. So if you have half a brain, you're going to be timid and kind like, of oh, okay, I'm going to be cautious by taking away some of the things that could be scary for some students. It obviously helps even from an instructor's stance. I completely agree, which is another reason why I'm also in favor of suppressors. Because even though it doesn't take away the noise 100%, contrary to what the movies like to say or make you think, but it definitely lowers it so that it's a lot more enjoyable for you to shoot as well as other people around you.
2: You were talking about suppressors. I've got one that uh, we shoot subsonic 22 rounds through a suppressed gun. And it seriously is one of the funniest things. It's like somebody breaking a toothpick. Yeah. It's to teach somebody how to shoot. And get them interested. And my, my daughter will wear my pocketbook out going through bricks of 22 if I let her sit there at the <laughs> gun club long enough. And it, it's one of those things you don't have that loud explosion. You know, there's very little recoil at all, you mm. know, with a 22. So it's, it's, it's a great way to make it a training aid.
1: Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about all of the different ear pro that you guys have and what sets one from the other.
2: Well, we have a full line of passive, and those are the ones that are just going to block. They're going to have a little higher noise reduction rating because they are not designed to help amplify, absorb, and then suppress all at the same time. They're mainly just to—they're perfect for the guy that's going to throw them on and go out and weed whip or chainsaw Mm -hmm. by himself. That just needs to cut that excess noise down.
1: Oh yeah! In fact, I was on an airboat a few days ago, and it was extremely loud. And I was using electronic muffs, but I just kept the electronic part off because it was so loud. Yeah. And yeah, they definitely have a place.
2: Yeah, they truly do. You know, when you get into the electronics, one of the things that Bob Walker was trying to help the community with was the people that, like my father, you know, he was an Army Ranger. So he's fired a lot of rounds, but he was also a foreman at uh, Caterpillar out in the shop and he'd lost a lot of his hearing. And it was one of those things that if he put that in when we're turkey hunting, you know, he could hear that turkey gobble finally, mm-hmm. you know, rather than just pointing him, and wonder if his son's telling him the truth or not. <laughs> you know, so it, one of those things that was the whole purpose of that, you know. And and now as you get into amplification, it not only amplifies, but it suppresses. So there's a time and a place. So the electronics have come a super long way and they've gotten so Efficient at uh, destroying loud sounds. That the comfort rating is up. Uh, we have them from two microphones, which are your normal razors, to a quad mic, which is a uh, four omnidirectional microphones. Because a lot of times when you're wearing amplified hearing protection, you can't necessarily tell where that sound is coming from. Mm-hmm. And with the quad set, which is really designed for hunting and stuff like that, you have surround sound, and it is unbelievable. Especially for people that have good hearing, that if we're wearing it for protection, because I know I'm gonna shoot the shotgun and kill this turkey or whatever. So I wanna have this hearing protection, you've got it turned on and if you've got great hearing and now it's, you know, six, seven, eight times as detectable and clear, it's frightening what you can hear.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. I'm gonna take a quick break real quick, talk about S B tactical. So if you guys have an AR pistol, you should check out the SBA-3. It's the most adjustable with five positions and one of the most comfortable with its ergonomic design. Since it works with standard AR buffer tubes, it's super easy to install and you can install it within a few seconds. I could even install it. It comes with its own buffer tube, so if you don't already have one, you don't have to go out and buy one. You can get them in black FDE, ODG, or stealth gray. The whole kit, which also includes, like I said, the buffer tube, it goes for $169.99, but you're going to use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that's going to get you 15% off. Check that out at sb-tactical.com. They have a lot of other great braces. And again, like I said, sbtactical.com. Tell me about the in-the-ear electronic earbuds, which seem to be increasing in popularity one thing that I've had issues with, though, is I love the idea and I have Apple ear pods.
2: Yeah, ear pods.
1: And I got to say that ear pods are probably the only in the earbuds that have actually worked for me because it almost seems like the minute you put it in, they just manually sort of cling on. But any of the hearing protection that I've used, I've had issues. It just seems like you really have to work on really inserting it well in order for it to work, or it seems like it doesn't protect your hearing as well, or they tend to fall out. I was using some the other day, and I was shooting, and it was for a competition, and it was kind of coming out one of my ears, so it felt like I wasn't even wearing hearing protection. Oh, man, I was almost hesitant to just keep pulling the trigger because it just killed my ears every time. (laughs) I'm sure I'm not the only one who's had issues with this, but have you figured out a different way to sort of design these to prevent all of that stuff from happening?
2: Yeah, we have uh, two of them that I'm going to talk about. The one is our top of the line. It's the Silencer 2.0, and it's not similar in shape, but it works kind of like the AirPods do. The neat thing about that unit, it's the inner ear, it has an ergonomical touch pad on it, you know, so you can answer phone calls, you can play your music, whatever. Uh, you can also control it all off your phone with the app. But it has a little hook loop that goes into that front little gapped area on your ear, that little fold over area. So not only does it fit really nice and it comes with three different size foam pads that are going to fit into your ear and you pick out the one that you like, but it also has that little like finger hook that'll come into the front of it. So it really, Locks that in securely. So when you're doing three gun competition or something, you're running around. The last thing you want to have is for that to happen and drop out. Mm -hmm. So that's the Silencer 2.0. The other one that I really like is this Razer XD. It goes around your neck and then it has two retractable cords that you put in your inner ear. Okay. And again, you can get that with Bluetooth as well. And you're going to be able to answer your phone calls. You're going to be able to listen to your music or whatever. But when you're done, you just hit these little buttons on the side and it retracts the cords and pulls those earbuds right up against your little neck strap. And it's not uncomfortable. You know, one of the great things about inner ear or around the neck stuff like that is if you're in a real hot environment, let's say you're shooting out in the desert or whatever in the summer, you know, wearing earmuffs, it's very hot. And it doesn't matter if you've got, you know, great bands on. We have our cool mesh band and stuff like that, which helps eliminate a lot of that kind of poly type, warm, sweaty feel, you know, of a headband. But those inner ear ones, you know, you're going to be able to wear your hat and that's it. And you're still going to have that amplification and you're still going to have that protection.
1: Mm -hmm. Nice. And then let's talk about the decibels.
2: Yeah, it's noise reduction rating. Okay, It's NRR, really. Most of them are going to run twenty three to twenty six. The ones that are the inner ear can go all the way up to thirty one, just depending on which test is uh, is uh, there, which is almost equivalent to foam earplugs. We do have the bone conducting system, and that sits on your back of your head, loops over your ears, and uses your uh, inner acoustic meatus, trumpet bones or trombones. Or I'm not a doctor, so if I said that wrong, don't hold her or me against that, but It uses conduction with the bones, so you can go ahead and roll up foam earplugs, which are the highest rated noise reduction things because they expand and they seal off that air that's coming into your eardrum. (laughs) So these can amplify as well, and they use that nanosecond noise reduction if there is something that's loud. So that's another way of enhancing your hearing, helping you hear, but then protecting it as well.
1: Oh, nice. Let's talk nice. about some of the newer products that you guys came out with. The FireMax, which it says behind the neck. And I wish there was a picture of it because I'm looking at it. And it almost looks like it's behind the head where it goes.
2: Yeah, your Fire Max is... I'm going to pull this up here so that you and I are talking about the same one. The behind the neck is the one that's actually designed for if you're using a hard hat. Okay. Okay. So let's say you're in a construction area. And you do have to have a hard hat on, but you don't have a hard hat with both the the earmuffs that are built into the hard hat. This is perfect for that. So that's really what that is designed for, the behind the neck.
1: Nice. Okay. And then you have the FireMax muff, which looks like the part that goes over your head. It's sort of skeletonized, which I kind of like, especially for hot days. That's the one thing that I hate is when I'm shooting outdoors and I'm wearing earmuffs and it's hot. In that case, then you want to use the earbuds, but I kind of feel like that would reduce immensely the heat that you would feel by wearing those.
2: Yeah, the, the neat thing about the, the Fire Max is it has that strap that you're talking about that's going to let a lot of air breathe. It's that low profile design on it and it has four different modes of audio. Okay, mm-hmm. It has universal clear voice, high frequency boost, and then a power boost. So just depending on who you're talking to, or who or what you're doing, it's really nice to be able to change through those modes to get the sound that you want. You know, I have a louder voice, so people don't usually have trouble hearing me. Now my daughter, on the other hand, she's timid, so she'll talk in a small whisper. And I need that high frequency boost, okay, because she's going to have this little treble voice, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's one of those things that it's neat to be able to flip through it and pick the mode that fits your situation perfectly.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Do your earmuffs differ for male or female? I know you offer kids hearing protection, but for example, let's take the shooting glasses. I've noticed that unisex shooting glasses just don't look good on me. (laughs) I'm telling you, it looks so bad. It looks like I'm trying to be a superhero, how they just have the straight right across the face. I want a little bit bigger glasses. I don't want small, narrow, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, you don't want to look like a bug. The yeah. Women are a lot, a lot more fashion sense than men. Okay? Yeah. And if you have a face for radio, like I've got, you <laughs> prefer your glasses to have like a full shield protection where right? no, no, nobody can actually see it. No. So, okay. So your first question was, was, did you ask, you asked about different sizes and they're doing some construction out here and I'm wearing AirPods. Is that too loud?
1: No, I don't hear the construction at all.
2: Okay. So you'd asked on different sizes. Well, they're fully adjustable and the cups don't change that way, but we do have compact units. Okay. And they're probably perfect for like teenagers, you know, stuff like that. My daughter wears the compact, she's 13, but most everybody can get into the razor, which has uh, adaptable and size change adjustment that fit everyone. Mm You're a lady. You're going to have a smaller head than I am. You're not going to have any problem getting those to fit you perfectly. Mm -hmm. And with our rubber cups or with our air cups or with our gel cups, it's going to be a great seal.
3: Okay.
1: And then what about the glasses?
2: I'm going to show you the new icons. And I have to pull this up here.
1: I'm looking at, so far, the sport glasses. They look like they would look good on women.
2: Icon, Icon, I-K-O-N.
1: Okay, yeah, those look good. I like the tanker ones. The Vector, So I just don't like when they have, or actually the Forge ones look a little bit bigger. The only reason why I ask this is, especially with all the new shooters, and then a lot of the new shooters were just within recent years. There's been a huge influx of female shooters. I just wonder what companies are doing in order to cater to their female base. And that was one thing that I really had a hard time with when I first started getting into shooting is finding glasses that just didn't look ridiculous. And obviously, yeah, you're at the range who cares how you look. But if you don't feel comfortable with how you look, then you're obviously not going to shoot that well. And it took me forever before I found glasses that, okay, I'm sticking with these. These look pretty good on. But yeah, narrow glasses don't look bad on men, but women want something just a little bit bigger and fashionable.
2: You got it. Yeah. And it it makes perfect sense because if you at any point while you're shooting wonder how I look, you're not wondering how the shot's going to exchange. Yeah. And, you know, I played minor league baseball. I played college baseball, you know, and I've shot archery and competition and forever. And when I'm on I'm not thinking about anything else. Exactly. And if you have anything that is a distraction and people don't realize it, that even if you hand them glasses and they put them on and there's a scratch and a smudge on the lens, if they don't say anything with it, all of a sudden they're not shooting as good as they could because part of their brain is screaming, whoa, wait a minute, you know, what's this like?
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, totally agree. Okay. Changing things up just a little bit, let's talk about something that's tactical or gear that doesn't have any involvement with your company.
2: That's a great question. And of course, under the GSM umbrella, we have 49 companies now. So we cover a a lot of products from A to Z. But I'll point something out to you that just happened in the last couple of years. Again, I'm 56 years old and I come from a very athletic family. My father was an army ranger. God bless his soul in heaven. But I have all of a sudden started struggling shooting my bow about two years ago. And I know that this isn't a gun topic. This is me shooting my bow. Mm-hmm. And I called it this great jinx and I couldn't figure it out. I was hitting animals and recovering them, but I wasn't hitting them where I wanted to. I wasn't hitting targets where I wanted to. Every time I would draw down on something, it wasn't quite right. Just like what we talked about, about the glasses. Yeah. And I wasn't seeing the shot perfectly clear you know I was executing good form but I my, I just couldn't bury a pin and and we call that that in archery it's you know picking a feather out on a turkey or it's picking out a tuft of hair on a deer so that we execute this perfect shot and I couldn't put it together so about 4 weeks ago and this has been like an ongoing two and a half three year nightmare for me because I went from being this archery assassin and being in the industry and being blessed enough to run around the country with primos and with double bowl and whatever, and now with GSM, that I all of a sudden struggled. I missed things. I missed chip shots. I mean, shots that I would never miss. And I practice at super long ranges so that I shoot my bullet 70, 80 yards. And and just knowing that when something walks out at 20, it's a chip shot in Mm -hmm. my head. Yeah. And I could not execute these shots right. Well, I wear contacts. And my vision has gotten worse as I've gotten older. And I'm so used to having 2010 vision. And that's what God blessed me with when I was in high school and college. I could see the seams of a fastball. I could see the dot on a curveball. I could just melt this ball no matter what you threw to me. I could see it. And as I worked through, you know, working in front of computers and doing editing and whatever, my eyes got worse. So I kept stepping up the power of my contacts. So I had that 2010 vision so that I could see a gnat mating on a water tower at the other side of town. And it was one of those things that it was great because I had this crystal clear vision. I would hunt with people and I'd be like, look at that deer over there. and They were like, I don't see where you're looking. And I'm like, grab your binoculars. I can see it. Well, I pulled a contact out and it was bothering me. And I just decided to go ahead and shoot my bow. And I drew up and this is my domini, I'm left-handed. And all of a sudden in my peep sight, there stood my pins perfectly clear. And I said, oh my God, I've upped the poundage of my magnification in my lens so that I could see super far, but I've ruined my nearsighted vision of being able to pick my pins out on a target. So I immediately called my eye doctor. I went in there and when I drive, I have a different prescription than when I hunt now. And I've dumped the power down where, you know, when I peeled the contact out, I could see my pins really good, but the target, you know, 60 yards away was fuzzy. So I knew that there had to be some kind of point of diminishing return that I have to, you know, bump this up to. So my technical tip to people is, is if you get older and your vision or you're younger and your vision is changing, you may have to wear a different prescription than you drive with. And I'll give you an example. I was a minus two, seven, five in my left eye when I could see, you know, mats on a water tower. And now I'm down to a, a minus one, but now I can see my pins. I can see the machined metal part. I can see the fiber optic dot. And it's not that big when you're in a scoped rifles because you can always use your diopter and you can focus to your eye, okay? So it doesn't play that part with it necessarily. But if people are shooting iron sights, or if they're shooting open sights and all of a sudden they're wearing the superpower magnification. It's great for 600 yards away, but when they pull their pistol down or they throw their AR up and they go to look at their dovetail and it's fuzzy, then you've lost something. So keep it in mind, if if your shooting has gotten worse or it's something that is acting up that just doesn't seem right, play around with your contact power when you're shooting. Like I said, it doesn't really have to deal with, with scope shooting, but open sights, archery, anything like that. And it's been this last three or four weeks. I know that anything that walks out in front of me is dead.
1: Wow. That's crazy. I also wear contacts and I am so blind. It's embarrassing to even admit, but I'm a negative six, five or something. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. I can't see anything. Yeah, I wear glasses at night after I take my contacts out, but I'm just so used to contacts. In my prescription, it's been sort of the same for the last three years, but it did change in the last six months. And I noticed I was just having a hard time seeing farther away. And that's something that I would have never thought of.
2: Yeah, it's really puzzling to me. I try to think that I'm fairly intelligent, very logical. That it wouldn't go. Why can't I see my pins? Yeah. Why? And and it wasn't until I peeled that contact out that I threw that bow up there. And oh my goodness, this is what I've seen this whole assassin term of my life carrying a bow from, you know, the time I'm eighteen till now. You know, almost forty years that I could always draw down and feel very confident in my shot.
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: you know, you still miss animals. You still screw things up. You slap limbs or whatever on trees. Blah blah blah. But it was never in my head that I couldn't execute it perfectly until the last couple of years. And I had gone to a new eye doctor and, you know, as they flip the things, they're like, is this clear? Or is this clear? Is this clear? Is this clear? You know, and I just kept going up. Well, next thing you know, I can read the printed on thing on the chart, not the lines, but where it was printed at, you know, down at the bottom. And I think I'm Superman. I've got this 2010 vision again. Well, it's a 2010 corrected vision. But it doesn't necessarily mean 14 inches in front of my face where my pins are, Mm -hmm. that I'm going to see those. And I have to. And my eye has to focus on my pin, blur the pin, and go out to the animal. And the animal has to be clear. And what I was seeing for this whole time was a super clear animal and a fuzzy pin. Mm -hmm. Hmm.
1: So, Man, getting getting old sucks. That's (laughs) basically moral of the story. It is.
3: is. (laughs) No. It has some
1: advantages. It does. I can't think of any right now, but there's some, I'm sure, out there. One last question, going back to Walkers. Do you guys have anything in the works that you can share with listeners?
2: Um, No, pretty much. If you click on the new button on walkersgameear.com, and that's gameear.com, the new button has the new tab that's out there. And those are brand new products for 2021. And that is the FireMax and the digital and we have a Tactic Grip series, which is really cool. It's got a great rubberized thing. we got new uh, walkie-talkies. And then uh, we have that passive, the Max Protect. And that's a 28 noise reduction. That's what I was talking about for running it. Nothing that I am privy to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not in our engineering firm. They are always working on things, and they are always pushing the bar to new levels. Yeah. Um, us in the product innovation design side, Uh, don't necessarily know uh, what our electronic engineers and and our audio engineers are coming up with next. Uh, Usually about June or July, we will have a great big meeting where we all get together and everybody shares their innovative new ideas starting looking for 2022 and 2023. And that's when we get to throw on some new walkers and go, wow, you've stepped this up to a new level. But we are the preeminent uh, hearing protection company and you know, our slogan is protected or lose it. Mm-hmm. And it is so true, yeah. you know? So it's a great company with a great reason. And that is not only to get people introduced to shooting, but to protect their ears. So they keep shooting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's and good. eyesight as well, because that's obviously right. important. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I love it. All right, cool. Well guys, if you're not following Please do so. In fact, you mentioned the website, but also where can they find you guys on social media?
2: Well, first of all, the whole umbrella is GSM Outdoors, and that's good sports marketing, GSMOutdoors.com. And you can explore our brands and you'll see all 49 of them. Uh, social media just runs that same gamut. So you're going to see Hawk and you're going to see Muddy go Muddy on, on Facebook, and Walkers is on Facebook. And All those different places there, we've got a great team of partners that do a lot for us out there. And it's one of those things that we appreciate you and everybody out there like you that is really trying to grow the sport, uh, keep the sport entertaining, but also educate people. So God bless you.
1: All right, cool. I just went on and followed GSM Outdoors, Walkers I was already following, but guys go ahead and follow them. And moving forward with the rest of the show, IWI. I'm actually kind of bummed. I haven't had a chance to try one yet, but I keep hearing really good things about the Zion 15 from IWI. That's the AR-15 that they came out with. It's made here in the U.S. in Pennsylvania. Everyone I know who shot one really likes it, and like IWI's other products, it's a great value for the money. It's got upgraded features beyond the standard ARs, including the M-Lock forends, the B5 grips, and stocks, or the SBA3 brace if you get the pistol version. It also has super accurate chrome molly barrel, and MSRP on these is only eight ninety nine, which is pretty incredible, especially for today twenty twenty one prices. So you could check those out at iwi.us. Remember, while you're there, if you find any accessories, swag, mags, any of that good stuff that you like, use the code GunFunny15, and that gets you a 15% off. Now it's time for politics. Politics. What
0: is going on in the world today? It's political
3: AF.
1: ATF proposes new regulations on firearms. The new proposed rulemaking changes on the definition of a firearm and privately made firearms, which is referred to as the PMF, were published last Friday. The proposed rule is titled Definition of, quote, frame or receiver and identification of firearms, end quote. It proposes new definitions for the terms, and I quote, firearm, frame or receiver, firearm gunsmith, complete weapon, complete muffler or silencer device, privately made firearm, and readily. The 107-page draft rule essentially would give the ATF the power to decide that any part or parts could be defined as a firearm and require serialization with their, quote, we'll know it when we see it approach, which is based on whatever arbitrary rules they decide on, which we've seen in the past with the honey badger and a lot of the braces. It would also impose marking requirements for privately made firearms. The ATF would also create an entirely new process for licensed firearm dealers to apply serial numbers to unserialized firearms that come into their possession and to require the indefinite storage of firearm records by licensees. The markings requirement and all the parts would be a massive problem for the gun industry. Every single gun designed would have to be evaluated by the ATF to determine which parts they deem to be, quote unquote, a firearm on its own and require a serial number. And this would be different for different gun designs. It's not just the serial number either. Obviously, the company name, the address, et cetera, would also have to be stamped on it. Some smaller parts that this could obviously be very difficult and expensive to do, not to mention the extra paperwork and when it becomes. Quote unquote, a firearm, and now has to be tracked as such by the manufacturer within a certain time of that part being completed. This could also mean multiple 4473 forms for what would be a single gun. Certainly, if you bought gun parts and built it yourself, this would be the case under the new rules. And there's really no limit in the way that they've worded this rule. Basically, any part of the gun could be construed in the Future to be quote unquote a firearm because it's so arbitrarily written. It's blatantly unconstitutional and in clear violation of how regulations are supposed to be created. There is a 90 day comment period for the rulemaking change, which everyone needs to go and comment on. And I've heard in the past, oh, I'm not going to. It's essentially them accumulating a list of who is in favor or who's against it. And I don't think that that's true. Just like with braces, when they wanted to arbitrarily change a lot of these braces and make it so that if your AR pistol had a brace, that it would essentially be an SBR, which is VS. But we've seen this change happen. Everybody took a stand, went on, commented, said that they were against it, and they dropped it. Well, obviously, ATF is back now, and they're extending this to a lot of other things. Definitely go on there and comment. I've listed a link in the show notes. Remember, be polite, but obviously be firm. Any comments with curse words, threats, anything like that is not going to be accepted. And obviously, it's not a good look. Make sure that you keep it respectable. Details about how this violates the rulemaking process or how it's arbitrary and deliberately unclear to give them the power to redefine laws outside of how laws are made would be good to bring up. Also, how it will create criminals where there are none and they seek to punish only law abiding citizens, which we all know criminals are not going to follow these new laws. It obviously only affects law abiding citizens. Take your time and come up with a good comment, but just make sure that you guys do this. Like I said, there's a link in the show notes. We'll just see the outcome, but hopefully we can take a stand and put a stop to this now. Do you have anything that you would like to add to that, Keith?
2: No, I think you pretty well covered it. I think the voice needs to be heard and not just the joking of my ATF because I I like Cabernet. I'm a big fan of Copenhagen and I I love shooting any firearm. It's not just that. It's actually starting to be heard to talk Mm -hmm. about it. You know, one of my dear friends is Ted Nugent. He's done a great job, I think, of over the years dismantling some of the falsities. I think we as a, a unified group need to be heard from. And yeah. I think what you're talking about is perfect to that.
1: Yeah. Also going back to Copenhagen, gross. Sorry.
3: <laughs>
1: I it's actually all, I tried
3: it's it.
2: Alcohol tobacco and firearms.
1: Yeah. I'm all for so, alcohol and firearms. Tobacco and eh, I can't stand it. Whether it's chewing or smoking, I hate any smoke. Cigar smoke is the worst. Cigarette smoke oh, yeah. is just as gross. I can't date anybody who smokes cigarettes, but Going into Copenhagen, which I guess isn't as bad. I actually did date a guy that chewed, but you would have never known.
2: Yeah, you see, that's the thing. is, and I quit a few years ago, and I, I do this fake stuff called Smoky Mountain now, but it wasn't alcohol, corn, silk, and then firearms, okay? It was alcohol, <laughs> tobacco, and firearms. So, so I picked my tobacco of choice. But no, I never, ever spit my chew, and I always hate that when people do that. It just yeah. drives me insane. That's how- I had a bowel Go ahead.
1: Well, that's how my ex-boyfriend was, is he never spit his chew. He would swallow it, yeah. which I don't know what's yeah. worse, because like I said, you would never know he chewed. And I didn't even know if there was any in his mouth. But man, your stomach has got to be outlined. Like, I feel like that would cause stomach cancer and who knows. You know, but
2: It's kind of like putting your hands in the dirt. You know, I'm, I'm an older guy. I believe in and when I work outside, I, I get bacteria. I don't necessarily always wash my hands. When I come in from the outdoors, I don't worry about antibacterial this, that, or the other. And guess what? I don't get sick near as much as everybody else does. So I think what we've done when we swallow our chew for 30 or 40 years is you build up a stomach tolerance and a mean stomach that can handle anything. But I could be way wrong. There's probably somebody that's going to comment on Uh their boyfriend died of stomach cancer. Well, I I apologize for that. Yeah. You know, I might also, but I'll wait for God to tell me when I got to go.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. I did try chew once when I was in high school, and it was that berry blend chew. And it was in my history class, and we were watching a movie, and this guy had some chew, so my best friend and I, we did it, and oh, it was the worst, and I couldn't even speak because I just felt like my whole mouth was just filled up with saliva. And one yeah. guy, oh, asked the teacher. The teacher sat next to us, so we couldn't even spit. That's why it was filling up. like, "Oh God, what are we do?" And we couldn't spit because the teacher was right next to us watching this movie. And so our friend asked the teacher if he could use the restroom and I, mm, me too. And so I went to the bathroom and spit it out. And it definitely gave me a buzz. I was, <laughs> and I was just all over the place. Whereas, Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And then my best friend, she wasn't able to go to the bathroom. So she had it in her mouth the entire time. I felt so bad. And I got to say for six months after anything that smelled like berries, like jam, just anything, I just remember thinking somebody was making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich next to me and I could smell the berries and the jam and it just made me sick. To this day, I've never tried it again, never plan on it. and oh, it was just disgusting.
2: Well, that's gold, you know, we took your great show and then we went into tobacco. but we, yeah. we didn't we didn't come up with the acronym, did we?
1: No, we didn't. And really, do you ever see ATF really getting involved with tobacco or alcohol? It's only firearms that I ever hear. Right. Yeah, it's interesting.
2: Yeah, and as you age, you'll love a good Cabernet.
1: I mean, I do. I I love wine. I could drink that. In fact, I had some last night. Really good. uh, Actually, one of my favorite bottles, this is a Pinot Noir, but that Miomi,
2: which Uh is really
1: for the price and the quality. It's, mm, I don't know, let's say it's $20 a bottle, but uh, it's so good. It's definitely an easy drinker and it tastes good.
2: Yeah, I watched Shark Tank for lots of years and. Mr. Wonderful always talked about, oh, you know, that's like a 2010, you know, Mont Blanc or whatever, you know, and you're like, what is he always talking about? Then, as I've gotten older, I've hit wines. We had a 2012 Dry Creek out of Napa Valley, California, and we knew it in 2015 that it was, this is spectacular. $20 bottle of wine tasted like a $300 bottle of wine, right? Mm -hmm. So we bought as much as we could find. And we've just recently ran out uh and we were building up quite the reserve of it. Mm-hmm. And we just recently run out and now it's like 2017, 2018, 2019. And you're, now I know why Mr. Wonderful said he had a thousand bottles of something. Right. Because if you really like something, yeah, it's hard to beat.
1: Yeah, I hear yeah. you.
2: After this conclusion, I've I've come to this that I should wear some electronic muffs right now. (laughs) I should go drink and go have a chew somewhere and sit down and and listen to fireworks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Okay, but we still have a little bit more of the show to cover. Don't get too excited. You're not out of here just yet.
2: I'm not out of the woods yet.
1: Yeah. In fact, we have to talk about Manicore Arms. If you guys have a stamped AK and you've been wanting to upgrade the forend on it, you need to check out the Alpha Rail from Manicore Arms. I've got one on my AK. It looks great. And it really kind of feels more like a standard forend as the contours are very similar, but it gives you the option to add your accessories where you want. It installs just like the normal forend, but has a precise and tight fit, unlike your typical AK parts. You can also get a super low picatinny top rail to go with it so that you can mount a red dot if you'd like. The four and the top rail together are 192.90, but remember, you'll use the code gunfunny, or I'm sorry, no, we've changed that code. You'll use the code AVAROCKS15, and that will get you 15% off, and that is at manorcorearms.com.
0: Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours.
1: Today's question is I am a firearms enthusiast also and am interested in what it takes to become a firearms instructor. Could you let me know how you became a firearms instructor? Actually, becoming a firearms instructor is pretty easy, almost a little too easy, which is why, in my opinion, I think there's a lot of crappy instructors out there. And it's unfortunate. Let's say somebody tests well, they can shoot well, but Becoming a teacher where you can relay that information effectively and teach somebody something is obviously not as easy as actually doing it yourself, being able to shoot and test well. I would say, for one, if you're thinking about becoming a firearms instructor, you do have to think, okay, am I really good at explaining things? Do I have a lot of patience? Because, man, if that's not number one, and I've been now teaching for nine years, and It requires so much patience, not only in the fact that you're dealing with people that have never shot a gun and all these other things come up. Sometimes I've had people cry in my class. I've had people be really timid or ask questions that you're just really, or let's say you said something, you just answered that question. And then five minutes later, another student asked that same question. But you also have to be patient in the fact that you're relaying the same information all the time. And if you're teaching these classes like basic pistol, you can only change it up so much. So you also have to be patient in the fact that you don't mind saying the same thing over and over again. And I've even gotten to the point where I even put in the same jokes, but I got to say it like I'm saying it for the first time ever and even laugh at my own joke for the 700th time. (laughs) But as far as becoming an instructor, just go to the NRA's website. I think it's nra.org or just search NRA instructor, and you'll see classes nearby. I believe it's a two-day class. It's 18 hours. You have to take a written test as well as a shooting test. And in my opinion, they're probably a little too easy. And then after that, if you wanted to get any additional NRA credentials, like personal protection inside and outside the home, or refuse to be a victim, All these are separate credentials, and you would take the class separately and pay a few hundred dollars. And honestly, I think any training is really good to have, but I will say that unless you're planning on teaching that class, which anything that's labeled NRA, you have to abide by exactly the curriculum. And even NRA basic pistol class has to be eight hours, which I've done away with just because I think eight hours is a long time for a student, and I've been able to teach the exact same information plus some in three hours. It's really up to you, but you do need that NRA credential in order to certify people in order for them to get their concealed carry permit. Hopefully I didn't ramble and that makes sense. Keith, do you think I explained it where it makes sense?
2: I think you did a fantastic job of it. And there's probably very few people that when they're explaining something will actually say things like, I think it." you can take that class a lot faster. And I think that, you know, this can be done a little different. It's very nice to hear rather than just a red script that yeah, it'll probably take you guys this long. It took me this long. It's like, nope, I can get through that quicker. So can you, but you got to be patient. Sometimes you got to say same th- some things a thousand times before you heard. I, I loved it how you yeah. explained it. It's detailed and down to earth.
1: Well, thank you. And that's why a lot of my classes are just a few hours long because I'm not trying to waste anyone's time. And I think that a lot of people, their brains just naturally shut off after eight hours. Nobody's listening to me when we're seven hours in. And there's all these tangents. it's not a coffee donuts class. I hate when people waste my time so I don't like to waste their time. Obviously, I have my NRA credentials, but I do not teach the NRA type classes because I don't really agree with their eight hour classes that cover the same stuff that I'm covering in mine.
2: Yeah, so, so out. let me ask you this in a class, let's say that you, you keep your let's say a three hour class, how much of that is hands-on compared to how much of that is in class or is there any hands-on or is that a different class?
3: It
1: really depends on the class. My concealed carry class, for example, we go over the basics just to make sure everyone's on the same page, but it really concentrates on the laws, which I've noticed is kind of hard to find on the internet. What do I have to do so that, let's say I use deadly force, I want to make sure that I'm not going to be slapped with a lawsuit or spend time in jail because I thought that I was doing the right thing and I wasn't. And a lot of these laws, there's a lot of misconceptions. For example, in Colorado, somebody breaks in your house. You can't just shoot them. Contrary to, it's also known as the make my day law, people think, oh, okay, somebody breaks in my house. They're not welcome. It's, you know, whether it's day or night, they entered my home, whether they broke in or they went through the front door, you cannot shoot them. You can only use deadly force if you have reason to believe that they have committed or plan to commit a crime, Uh which most people don't know that. And as a result, it could ruin your life. These lawsuits, okay, now you have to lawyer up It's going to cost $10,000, $20,000 retainer fee. It's not cheap. Or you're spending time in jail because let's say it was your kid that snuck out and they're sneaking back in and you shoot them. Or the drunk neighbor who confuses your house for his house. I got to believe that that's why they put that statute into place so that people would take a step back and assess the situation. Or even if you are justified, let's say they're stealing, they're vandalizing. In that case, they're committing another crime on top of the breaking in and entering. You're justified, but think about how is this going to look in front of a jury? Well, a good lawyer, let's say you shot a 16-year-old who was stealing your Xbox. A good lawyer is going to make it look like you're the worst person in the world. You took this kid's life who had a future ahead of him over an Xbox. And in reality, you had no idea how old the kid was. You didn't know what he was stealing. You just knew that there was a stranger in your house that could potentially be harmful to you or your family. And you shot him. Yeah. So those classes it says either you've taken my basic pistol class or you have experience shooting. Because some of these people just come from other states where they already had a concealed carry permit. They have to take a class here in Colorado. They don't accept yeah. outside training. So in that case, it doesn't have a lot of hands-on. But I go over the laws, which I think are useful for students.
2: They're very useful because you know I live here in Wisconsin and we border Illinois. But it's not a reciprocating state as far as concealed carry goes. Yeah, And I, you know, new archery products, when I was designing broadheads, I used to travel back and forth. So here I am in Illinois, here I am in Wisconsin. And I had to do so many things to make sure that if I was pulled over, I was not in violation. So just be cognizant of it, exactly what like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Learn what what states are what Yeah, and what you can do in some of them. You know, I did read a, I think it was a Supreme Court ruling on Illinois, if you because your gun and your ammo have to be separated yeah. in the state of Illinois, yeah unless you you doesn't, know, have uh, does not your
1: gun have to be disassembled as well
2: It has to be made same, same thing with your bow you have to put a cable tie on the strings and the cables so that it's um, not actively available or yeah. whatever okay but I in my truck you know I like to have my gun and it's not hot, but my my magazine's loaded in, in there. And that's how I drive around. And I have read that in the state of Illinois, if you do lock it in the glove box and you have your ammo in a different spot in your car, you're okay. I've read that because I always wonder because I've carried, I've always had to carry an actual like, uh, you know, Plano gun case Mm -hmm. and put my pistol in there, run the cable lock through the barrel and lock it up. And then have my clip in a different spot, just wondering you know, if I get pulled over. Yeah, there's a weapon in here. It's, you know, it's dismantled or not dismantled, but it's not usable right now without a lot of different steps. So just be cognizant of that. Be, be smart and wise of that. And don't just always assume because unfortunately in this day and time, we are not always innocent till proven guilty. Exactly. There's a lot of things that want to prove us guilty way before we can prove our innocence.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. All right, Primary Arms. If you guys are looking for AR mags right now, Primary Arms just got a ton of new mags in. Not even just AR mags. They also have AK mags. They have polymer, steel, aluminum. You name it, they have it, which is actually pretty refreshing, especially in this market when a lot of things are hard to find. The tried and true Duramags with the Magpul followers, they have those for $14.99. The steel AK mags for $12.99, pretty affordable, especially I got to say, I appreciate them not hiking the prices, which I feel like everyone's doing now considering. It's definitely refreshing and it's nice to see that they have a lot of these things in stock. Also, if you're needing a new optic, you should check out the primary arms optics. I actually just got a package today with a bunch of primary arms optics, and I'm really excited to get my hands on them. But if you buy a primary arms optic and you use the code AVA, A-V-A, you will get a free mount with every primary arms optic that you buy, and that is at primaryarms.com. Tacti
0: Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now.
1: Recently, there's been some news that Glock might be coming out with a carbine. Nothing has been confirmed, but there's been rumors. They've actually been circulating for years that Glock's working on a carbine and that patents were recently published that people have gotten a hold of that actually give serious credibility to the rumors. Before you ask, no, it doesn't take a Glock magazine. The drawings in the patents appear to show the use of a standard AR-15 magazine, which is interesting. While the designs do have some similarities to an AR design, there's a lot of distinct differences in the available drawings. The German YouTube channel, and I don't even know how to pronounce this, Sparinat, Sparinat, I don't know, first discovered the patents and Recoil magazine put out an article this week. Two patents cover an adjustable gas block and gas system, obviously designed similar to the AR-style impingement rifles. Another covers a method of securing a firing pin in a bolt carrier group that is a lot different from the traditional cotter pin. One patent covers a device for clamping barrels in a receiver, which looks very much like a quick change barrel system, which means that you could easily change the caliber and compact takedown capability, which I feel like is right down Block's alley because they typically keep the same design, change the caliber, or make very few small changes to any of their newer guns. Another shows a different charging handle that's not normal for your typical AR. There are also patents showing different operations for a gas piston gun. And another one of the drawings shows an ambidextrous charging, non-reciprocating charging handle. What does it all add up to? Glock's definitely investing in some serious R&D and two carbine designs. There's no official word from Glock on when they might announce the release or if they ever intend to release them. Just because patents are filed doesn't mean that they're going to go through with it. But they do look interesting, and I hope that they go through with it. But like I said, right now, it's all just speculation. Nothing is confirmed. AF segment.
0: Stupid. Funny. Cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. A-F.
1: Radioactive booze, would you drink it? <laughs> After the Chernobyl disaster in 1986, a 1,000 square mile exclusive zone was created around the damaged power plant and was declared uninhibitable by humans for 24,000 years. Plants and animals are still thriving in the region, however, and over 10,000 people still live there and 6,000 people visit every year. Some areas are more reactive than others and care has to be taken to avoid exposure. In 2019, a group of scientists and distillers decided to create a bold new booze from ingredients grown in the region to prove it could be safe. Why you do this, I have no idea. It's called... yeah. Atomic booze was first going to be distilled from rye, but has since changed to apples. Both the rye and apples are radioactive before distillation. After distillation, however, all traces of radioaction have been removed. Atomic just finished their first 1,500 bottle run of the product when it was seized by the Ukrainian Secret Service. They accused the company of using forged Ukrainian excise stamps, but that doesn't make sense because the bottles are... For the UK market and have UK excise stamps. I don't know. It's hard to say if it will actually even make it to the market at this point, but even with strict testing, it kind of leaves you to the question, would you want to drink booze grown from products that were radioactive?
2: Why? There's enough things out here in the world that- Cause cancer
1: and I know.
2: I'm at risk of potentially damaging us. I don't know why you would want to up the odds, you know, it seems like it's a statistical nightmare of lawyer proportions. It's frightening. Yeah, just waiting to happen. Yeah, but I watched people on the news yesterday trying to carry gasoline and plastic grocery oh bags. My and wonder why, why that was failing? So
3: right.
2: Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's not as bright out there as it should be. Yeah, uh, you know, I of people know. Focus Honestly, on I, common I, sense. I
1: know, and I've said this previously in other shows, but. I am so glad that I don't have kids because I'm fearful of just the stupidity that we see. And even the last two years, this is perfect proof that people don't question things. They don't educate themselves. Nobody has common sense. Even me, I only learned how to mow along four years ago. And even I know not to put gasoline in plastic bags. Did you see the video where <laughs> this poor lady, she's filling the plastic bag and then it starts leaking. So she puts another plastic bag and then Why would you put this in your car? A plastic bag, a grocery plastic bag filled with gasoline, why would you put it in your car? You were just asking for it to go everywhere.
2: It's kind of like using Gorilla Glue for hairspray. Uh, Oh, I know, I know. Some people just don't want to be held accountable for their own (laughs) actions.
1: It's so scary. I can't even. This is why I just want to continue to create a work environment where I don't really have to deal with people. Aside from training, Everything else I could just do without ever leaving my house. (laughs) And it's so sad. It's not that I'm antisocial because I love to socialize, but only with certain people. I hate going to the grocery store or just having to run simple errands because I'm constantly just looking at people. What the hell are you doing? Does nobody think nowadays?
2: My my daughter's 13 and my kids, you know, I I teach them, hey, you better have great manners and be very courteous. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Hold the door open. Be kind to people. You know, do this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. And my daughter and I have this great relationship and she's very logical. So is my son. But my daughter and I were talking last weekend and she said, Dad, I'm going to hope that in about 30 years, you're still around so you can run for president. And I said, Your dad was going to be 86 when I do that. Why would I do that? I said, Why would I want to do that? I wouldn't want to do it now. And she said, Because our generation, It's really stupid. (laughs) And I said, what, honey? She's like, yeah, there's not much common sense out here. She said, I love my friends and everybody around me, but we're going to really screw this planet up, aren't we? (laughs) And I said, no, no, between your VR games and everything else, you'll be fine. No kidding. Uh
1: Yeah, she's not wrong. And it just seems like each generation just keeps getting worse. I don't know. It's scary. I honestly, I don't want to have kids. Once I'm done in this world, I'm done. And yeah. yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. I mean it's, it it's
2: you just watch something'll happen in your world and all of a sudden you will.
1: Uh, I don't you know. know. I'm almost 35, so at this point something's going to have to happen quickly cuz I'm not going to be that old mom that shows up that my kids embarrassed of cuz I'm wearing depends or something. No.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, like like my son when he goes, "Hey, old man." And I'm like, "You know what? That's showing a little lack of respect." He goes, "I mean, right, you are old." And I'm like, "All right." That's fine. I'll accept it. Yes. Yeah, I would I cry.
3: <laughs>
2: uh, it's one of those things. It's the passing of the torch.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Oh.
2: All right. I still cut things on cold steel, though, so that's fine.
1: Yeah, there you so, go. No kidding. And It helps that the blade is super sharp, but yeah, you, know. you still got it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, there I have it. I'm going to end this whole thing. That's just a great note. <laughs> All right, thank everybody for listening. Go ahead, caller. I'll call you next week when you're on the air right now. I Still
1: got it. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap up iTunes reviews. In fact, I realized last show, I didn't have my guest pick a lucky winner. If you guys will both contact me, I'm going to send you out something just because I forgot. Sorry about that. That was episode 193. Whoever wrote a review, which I'll go back and check, but I don't know off the top of my head. All right. First review is Ben243 titled Great Show Five Stars. Love how we get to hear from so many people around the gun world and the cool things they make. I need another job just to keep up with buying all the cool things I've learned about. Second review is Martin b 45 Better Mondays, five stars. Finally, something to make Mondays enjoyable. Love catching new episodes when they drop. Now that I'm caught up on old episodes, great for making the start of the week fun and hearing about cool new guns and current events in the 2A world. All right, so Keith, the first or the second review, I want you to pick a lucky winner.
2: I'm going to go with the first one.
1: All right, so Ben243, contact me. Just go to gunfunny.com, click on the contact us form, and let me know a good address to send the prize pack out to. On that note, we are wrapping up. You guys, you can find me at gunfunny.com. Don't forget to like us on social media, Gun Funny Podcast on Instagram or avaflanell underscore on Instagram, as well as we're on Facebook. But there's links to all of that at gunfunny.com as well as where to listen to the show and just everything. Also, we have a bunch of affiliate links. So, if you guys are thinking about buying something, you'd be surprised how many affiliate contracts we have with these companies. Just click on affiliates and then we get a small percentage. So, it's greatly appreciated. If you also want to support the show, you should consider becoming a Patreon. All you have to do is go to gunfunny.com and click on the support the show link. Blown Deadline, he gives away a $300 gift certificate every month to a lucky patron. That's just another reason to support the show. And after three months, you'll get a Patreon only patch, which will never be for sale. So if you have this patch at one point or the other, you were a Patreon. So it's just kind of a nice sort of exclusive giveaway. Also wanted to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Heath Kalamore, Melissa Ridings. And King the Patreon, John Snow, he wants me to say that Superman and Operator Tickles once had a friendly sparring contest. The loser had to wear the underpants on the outside. <laughs> kind of funny. Alright, Keith, really, I appreciate your time. Appreciate everything that you do. You're doing an awesome job. You're extremely established and You've definitely accomplished a lot in your life. So hats off to you. Can you just remind listeners once again, if they want to find out more information about walkers or follow you guys on social media, where can they find you?
2: The easiest way, uh, if you're looking for browsing and store searching is gsmoutdoors.com. You can hit the Explore brand, check out all of our companies. And then just search out the other companies. Uh, There's 49 of them. They all have Facebook pages. They all have their own social media. Then we tie it all in also to the GSM Outdoors social media pages. So you have a variety of ways of finding us and and helping us. We want to say thank you to you for what you do. Um, And thank you to everybody out there. That believes in the amendments and believes in the Constitution and fears God. So, from us at GSM Outdoors, I would say thank you very much.
1: Of course. All right. Well, on that awesome note, we're out of here.
0: Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else? Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.